Hello everybody, Merry Christmas, and welcome to episode 56 of the Post 20 Podcast. You're back with the dynamic duo of myself and Evan. Evan, how's your day been so far on this wonderful day? Oh, it's been good. It's been uh, nice and calm, nice and relaxed. How about you? Yeah, some nice little family time. This is actually the first time, I think, in at least a decade I've been home for Christmas. Usually we go out to Ohio, so it's been a nice little change of things. Yeah, for as long as I remember, you guys have always gone out there. Mm-hmm. More so times than nice, not. Just... Yeah. I mean, more times than not, it's usually snowing out there. It's, but it's like 10, 15 degrees out there now, and obviously here, it's a pretty green Christmas. Yeah, it's uh, it was supposed to get super like mega cold, but it's really not very cold today, huh? Nah, it's like kind of it's kind of nice out. Yeah, it's like another day. I mean, go I, I, like during the week, I'm saying Merry Christmas to everybody, and the day or what was it, Christmas Eve? It was like 57 degrees out. Yeah, it just it just felt a couple, weird. A couple of years ago, I played golf on Christmas Day after getting a new set of clubs, and it was so warm that I was like kind of disgusted. I think I played nine holes and I was like, ew, I don't want to be out here. I mean, that sounds kind of like a vibe. Nah, dude, I was playing alone. It was wet. Oh, well, that's it was like 65. It was right. a bad, it was a bad vibe to trust. Yeah, so a lot of things going on today. We have Christmas Day NBA. Uh, we have Boxing Day tomorrow in the Premier League. Uh, we have NFL actually today in a couple hours as we're recording. So we have a lot to cover right now. Um, I guess going ahead first into the Premier League, we're just going to preview this week's matchup since we have a lot to talk about. We'll save you the trouble of the recap. Yep. So, so uh, big day for Boxing Day tomorrow. Boxing Day is usually a very exciting day. Some surprising matchups and scorelines may happen. Uh, first on the, ga- on the slate, we have Leicester hosting Man United. Um, Man United in hot form and Leicester as well, getting a big win over Tottenham. Uh, this game could go either way. It's a top four matchup. How do you see this playing out, Evan? I actually see this going Leicester's way. Mm-hmm. I know that <clears throat> that United had a really good week, a uh, really good match against Leeds, mm-hmm. and that people are kind of like hot on them right now. Right. But I think that this is kind of a return to their mediocrity. I just can't see them winning, you know, five two again or five one again, whatever it was last week. Yeah. Uh, I can't see them doing it two weeks in a row. I just don't think they have the consistency for that. So I'm going to have to probably tilt towards Leicester. I think that you're going to see Madison and Vardy link up for some excellent play. Yeah, I think I'm on the opposite end of that. I think this could be a big United win. Uh, looking at the history of this matchup, they played each other 28 times, and Leicester's only come out of top 22 of those. 19 going wow. Man United's way. Um, so I think Leicester City struggle against United here. Man United are in good form. Bruno's playing well. Uh, Cavani got a goal in the midweek in the EFL Cup to push them into the semifinals. They have a big matchup in, in a couple weeks against Man City there. So I think Man United pull this one out. It may be a close one. I don't think anybody takes a big lead here. So it might be a 2-1-3 or one nothing type of game for me. Yeah, I don't think it's anything ridiculous score-wise. I just think that this could be one of those games that that Leicester maybe edges them on a defensive error or something like that, right. you know? Yeah. So moving on, we have Aston Villa hosting Crystal Palace. Uh, Aston Villa coming up 
coming off a, a 3-0 win off a 10-man West Brom team. Palace, on the other hand, coming off an embarrassing 7-0 loss to Liverpool. Um, Crystal Palace really needs a bounce-back week here. Currently sitting 13th place. A loss could put them even closer to that relegation zone fight, whereas Aston Villa with a win here could put them in the top six. Um, I'd have to go with Aston Villa. I just have I Aston Villa for me play a very uh, nice nice style of football. Uh, their main problem right now is their striker Ali Watkins is inconsistent on the score sheet, and when he does score, VAR usually plays a part into cocking <laughs> yeah. him. So I think this is a big week for Villa at home. Mm. Sorry, drinking water. <laughs> um, Palace is one of those teams that I've been betting on, uh, like to have a sneaky win. Yeah, uh, this is one of those weeks where I don't think Palace win. They're an in- increasingly inconsistent side. Each time that I watch them, I find uh, more holes in their game, but I also find them more potent on the attack. So it, it it's hard for me to say. That I, that I can't see Palace winning this. But Villa do play a very visually appealing and I would say almost solid style, right, of football. Mm-hmm. It's all the way through. It's very solid. In the midfield itself, you have Bowen and you have Grealish. Up top, it, it can be solid. That's where they struggle the most with, with Watkins. Mm-hmm. But at the back, again, you know, you have Tyrone Mings there and he's he's – been around for quite a while and it seems to me like they have a a a nice talent in uh emiliano martinez an arsenal product Mm -hmm. uh in net and i like the way that they play and i think that they've let themselves down a couple times this year but because it's a it's a newly formed team for the most part uh, it's what it is it's rebuilt right uh uh, i i can't put too much on them and saying that you know they're underperforming um with all that being said, I just think that, that Villa will edge this versus Palace. I don't think Palace are a ridiculously consistent mm-hmm. side, um, whereas I think you know Villa are maybe contending for a for a higher spot than than Palace will be at the end of the season. So I think Pal or uh, Villa win. Yeah, this the history of this matchups down the middle: five going to Villa, six to Palace, and the other five being draws. So this is a toss up, really, if you look at it statistically. Yeah. Uh, following that, we have Fulham hosting Southampton. Southampton coming off a uh, 1-0 loss to City, whereas Fulham get another point uh, off Newcastle where they were looking favorites and Newcastle needed a penalty to get them back in it. So uh, Fulham at home have been tricky this year. Southampton, Danny Ings picked up a little knock in that Man City game, so it's debatable whether he'll play. If not, maybe only a half. And, uh, I mean... They've looked all right without him with the yeah, sign was he say, was out with Che yeah. Adams and Theo Walcott up there. They've done all right. It's just their most cons- him. Yeah, go ahead. That was, I was just going to say, just supplying them the balls. I know Ward Prowse off the free kick looks good this year as well. So they may be playing set pieces here. As long as they don't give up an early lead to Fulham, that's really what Fulham needs is a big confidence boost to start, and then they'll just leapfrog off that. Yeah, I mean they've they were most consistent, I would say, when Ings was out. That was their best run of form, mm-hmm. for the most part. You know, when when they um, who did they beat? Did they beat Chelsea? Is that who they beat two 0 It was a three three draw against Chelsea. Oh, okay. So they drew Chelsea. I think they beat Everton, and um, they drew another team or beat another team, like a top top four team, top five team. 
Um, and they were looking really good, and they've obviously managed to cement themselves up towards the top quarter of the table. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so they need this win again to to cement themselves up top, and they are plus one twenty five, meaning you know the odds are not ridiculously uh, in their favor. They're right. they're you know it's a toss up game. So I guess missing Ings is what what's pushing that, but. I would take Southampton to win here. I I know that Fulham t- uh, drew Liverpool and all that, but I don't think Liverpool are as impressive as as they were last year. Not nearly as impressive. Um, I, I think Southampton easily deal with Fulham though. Yep, matchup wise, it's similar to the last. Both getting four wins, the other being six draws. So this might be a low the a low scoring game for Southampton here. I would say be in favor this way. Yeah, that's right. that's probably right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be open waters for one of the teams. You never know. But um, yeah. next, we have the big matchup. We have Arsenal hosting Chelsea, another London derby. Arsenal with news of Partey and Aubameyang most likely to miss. Uh, Chelsea, on the other hand, in full 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 strength. Yep. Um, have to lean towards Chelsea here. You got to go with the informed team. They got a big win off West Ham following a dodgy form, dropping two matches. Arsenal, on the other hand, are fighting for their lives right now. They're trying to uphold their reputation, and Arteta's really fighting for his job right now, trying to get to the new year. Yeah, uh, as he should be. I'm glad that the pressure is on him, and hopefully he's starting to really feel the heat uh, because otherwise things aren't going to change. But I'm going to have to lean to to Chelsea here as well. Uh, Defensively, they still look good, even though they have dropped points the past couple weeks. I think this is the week that they can get themselves a clean sheet uh, with Arsenal's impotence up top and obviously missing Aubameyang. I think it'll be hard for for players like Nketiah and Saka to weasel their way past you know veterans like Thiago Silva. Mm-hmm. And then obviously you have um, Chilwell and um, well, Rhys James who are both playing. Is, is Chilwell out still? Chilwell and James are going to be both out as well. Oh, so they're okay. going to be playing Emerson and Azpilicueta, so that'll be interesting for those wingers, especially if Saka's fully going. Yeah, that, that that's a that's a good point. So, um, maybe that's something to consider. Uh, what's what's Joel's deal? I uh, pull he rolled his ankle in the match earlier this week, and that's why Emerson came on in the tenth minute. Um, Reese James, on the other hand, didn't even play the game. I don't know whether he was sick or what, but. Uh, what you get with Azpilicueta is a solid defender. He won't get up in the attack as much as Reese does. Same with Emerson. They're both defensively more sound than those guys, which has, which helps defensively. But the strong suit of Chelsea this season has been their wingbacks getting in the attack and whipping balls into the likes of Abraham and Giroud. So right. it'll be really interesting. Uh, the history of this matchup goes in favor of Arsenal with 20 going in their way, 19 to Chelsea, 17 being draws. Uh, a lot of cards in this match. This could be a very chippy Always. game. A very <laughs> Always ch- reds. A very chippy game here. Six reds going to Chelsea with eight going to Arsenal. Uh, we know Arsenal have been especially like playing a man down. So I don't, I especially against a team like Chelsea, if you go down to 10 men, it'll be a long day for you. No, Lonzo. Oh, sorry, he just missed a three. <laughs> I saw that. Um, yeah, we're watching this heat. Pelicans game live right now betting. I'm trying to think of this Bucks one as we're recording too, but 
it's a lot going on. But back to the soccer, yeah, going down 10 men at Chelsea will be a tough task to get any points out of it. So um, other than the wingbacks, it's looking like a strong force for Chelsea, so I'd have to go in their favor here. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with them too. Even even missing Chowell and uh, Reese James, I just think that Chelsea are too solid at the back for Arsenal to really exploit, and especially if you know it's Enketia and and uh, Lacazette. That's your your strike pairing. Mm-hmm. I, I just I just don't think it matters. I think that there's probably gonna get there's probably going to be two or three goals that get slipped in on defensive errors because that's just that's how Arsenal plays this year. Mm-hmm. So. So I'm not expecting anything good from Arsenal. If we win, that would be great. Uh, but I'm done. I'm done. Uh, I'm done betting on my team because they just they can't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is desperate for them. It's, it really is. We're in the re- fucking relegation battle. Uh, moving on, we have City, Manchester City hosting Newcastle. Backstory on this matchup: twenty-four out of forty matches go to City's favor. Eight to Newcastle. Eight draws. City outscores Newcastle by 40 goals in this matchup, so you have to bet heavy odds in Man City's favor here. We we said earlier with Fulham, Newcastle struggled against them, which it does not bode well for them. They really rely on their forwards to pull them through matches because other than that, they don't have many uh, scoring options. So Man City here, I would say win by three. I think they carry on in their in their uh, what's the word their, their annihilation of teams. Yeah, um, I don't know if I subscribe. Actually, no, you don't buy to it. The, uh, I I don't know. I don't know if this is one of those games that City absolutely demolish a team. I think that we've seen that City can play a very very weak style of football, right? Mm-hmm. One that is sloppy and one that lacks a certain impetus, if you will. Um, and I think that this could be one of those games where you're playing like a gritty, you're playing against a gritty side like Newcastle, who are going to try and you know be more physical than you in the midfield, and 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 burn you down so mm-hmm. that they can they can just get a cheesy counter. And I think that you could actually, I think that that could happen. I really do. Right. I'm I'm not um, I'm not totally sold on City winning this. They are minus seven fifteen on the money line, which is just obscene mm-hmm. in my opinion. Uh, I I don't know if they're gonna win. The spread is even two goals. Mm-hmm. So at plus eighteen fifty, like dude, just throw Newcastle in with another team for a buck. See if you can win a couple bucks. Yeah, you never know. Um, so I'm gonna say Newcastle win or draw. That's bold, but I like it. Oh, that's, I know that's what the show is about for those hot takes. I think Newcastle yeah. is a team that definitely can pull off a a shocker. Yeah, for sure. But I've for, seen it too many times. Yeah. Like, but for Man City's sake, for at least if they win this match, it puts them in the top four mix. They get out of that eighth, eighth position. So, this is the time of year where Man City really need to step up if they want to be in that title race. Yeah, that's that's true. Moving on to the last match on Boxing Day, we have Sheffield United hosting Everton. These teams have not played each other much in the Premier League. Only eight matches, three going to each side, and two withdrawals. And both have scored eight goals in this matchup, so it's a low-scoring affair in the history books. But currently, right now, oh, you, you just would... cut out. Oh, did you get? Uh, yeah, I was just saying that. This... <laughs> yeah, I heard you. Yeah, these teams are both low-scoring in these matchups, head-to-head. Um, but currently, now you with Everton's um, striking power, whether or not Hamas is still out or not, 
is yet to be seen, but Everton here are heavy favorites. Sheffield are the worst team in the Premier League still, setting on two points after 14 matches, almost certainly getting relegated. So uh, you'd have to go Everton here. If not, their bets are pretty much almost at that Ever uh, Man City level in favorites in this head. Yeah, I, th I think Everton are going to beat Sheffield's ass. Mm. Uh, Sheffield are just... Jesus, I can't stop yawning. <laughs> I don't know what it is today. It's this matchup. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, Everton haven't been been putting a ton of goals in recently. They've been getting by with with two goals, three goals at the absolute maximum. Mm -hmm. um, and and Sheffield is just like they're just so 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 average. I don't think that uh, I know it's hard for. For, for me to argue the case that they aren't a bad team. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that they are a bad team. You saw how they played last year, and I think that they're that is that's somewhere. It's buried somewhere. Mm -hmm. That fighting spirit, the you know the fact that they're maybe a little hungover from from overperforming last year. Right. I understand. And I, I attribute a lot of this year's bad performances to last year's good performances. Right. Um and I'm going to contradict myself now by saying that I think Everton batter them. Um, but I don't, I truly don't think Sheffield are a bad team. I think that if they link a couple of good draws together, that they can translate that later on in the season into some sort of, you know, winning chemistry mm -hmm. there. I don't think they're going to go down. Do you think they're going to go down? Uh, who's that? Sheffield. Yeah. hundred percent. You do? Yeah. They're, you don't think there's any saving them? No, they need an absolute miracle if they have a chance of staying up. They, they, the, the I would say the that their fate is in other teams' hands. They, that's what that's what I mean, though. Yeah. I don't know. I I think I like Sheffield to stay up. I mean, that would I'm going to bet on them to stay up. That would be crazy if they do. This is the lowest amount of points at this stage of the year for a team to have a chance of staying up. I know. It, that's true. Is this the lowest amount of points a team's ever had? Hundred percent. You get two get two points from fourteen games. Yeah, <laughs> they have two draws. That's it. They've only scored. They've only scored eight goals in those fourteen games. They average a little over half a goal a match. Yeah. Okay. So that is pretty bad. But I think that there's something there. I'm telling you. They can grind I, it out. They can grind out one nils. Yeah, that's what I mean. I feel like that's that's the kind of style that they played last year, though. Yeah. It's just grinding, like you know, m middle of England, uh, fair ground football. That's just how they play, and I think that they could, they actually still could. That's true. Yeah. Following that, we hop over to Sunday. We have Leeds hosting Burnley. Matchup wise, uh, these this is the first time these teams are meeting in the Premier League never faced each other before in the existence of the of the Premier League since 1992. Uh, Leeds, last week, getting absolutely stomped by United, whereas um, whereas Burnley... Excuse me. Burnley picked up a big result over Wolves 2-1. So, uh, momentum-wise, you would say Burnley, but in the grand scheme of things, the way Leeds play is they give no fucks and they come out to the end playing their way so you'd have to say leads heavy here yeah i'm actually gonna go leads heavy here too uh although burnley have had a couple of decent weeks uh here in the past few uh, i don't think that that actually means anything mm -hmm. 
I think that they've just been lucky results. Uh, obviously grinded results. I think Leeds are going to come out and absolutely pump Burnley. You saw them lose 5-0 earlier this season to City, right. uh, who are a much less potent attack, I would say, than Leeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leeds have the potential to score far more than City um, if it's just a, a game where the, the offensive players have the ball at their feet a lot. And I think that this is one of those games that you're going to like the three nil is like the bot is the floor, right? Yeah. It could, it could certainly be five or six nil. Yeah. Leeds have given up the most goals actually this season with 30, but Burnley on the other hand have scored the least goals with eight tied with Sheffield. So Leeds leave themselves exposed at times, but Sheffield or uh, Burnley are a side that are not a big counterattack team. They don't have the speed. Their main style is set pieces, I would say, with Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes. So a lot of whip crosses would come in for them needed yeah. to beat Leeds here. Yep. Uh, following that, we have West Ham hosting Brighton. West Ham coming off a 3-0 loss to Chelsea, whereas Brighton pick up a 1-1 draw with bottom of the table Sheffield. So both coming off, I would say, poor results in their eyes. Um, West Ham have been decent this season, sitting 10th in the league, whereas Brighton are sitting 17th, one position above the relegation zone. Uh, West Ham, I know they have your boy Fornaus, and Hollers scored that banger a couple weeks ago, but uh, this is going to be a tight match, I would say, defensively. Brighton play a lot of whip brawls in, as well as West Ham. There's not a lot of speed on these teams, so it'll be very interesting to see what happens. Yeah, um, this will be a kind of ugly game, I think. Um, West Ham are plus 135 on the money line, while Brighton are plus 210. So West Ham are obviously your favorite here. Mm-hmm. Um, are you going to bet on this game? Because I'm not. I don't know yet. I'm going to have to wait until the day of. I think that you're going to see like Halair get one early, and then it'll just be a disaster for the rest of the game. And I don't. Uh, I know that West Ham will score first, but I cannot tell you what will happen after the first goal goes in. It's one of those games that I feel like it's going to be a cheesy like Malpe comes on in the in the 60th and scores, and then there's a pen disaster at the end. Right. Uh, that's just how Brighton are to me. Like they're a VAR, they're a VAR nightmare team. Well, head to um, head to head, that goes in your favor. They've they've only played each other six times in the Premier League. Three going to Brighton, three being draws. West Ham has never won this matchup. So, from what you're saying, it sounds like Brighton will win this match somehow with VAR. Yeah, I I I feel somewhere that that West Ham are going to win, but I'm going to take Brighton because I don't know they're playing against David Moyes, right? Yeah, I'm going to take Brighton. Okay. All right, next we have Liverpool playing West Brom. West Brom looking very poor, sitting 19th in the league, whereas Liverpool, top of the league with the best goal differential in the league, getting that 7-0 win over Palace always helps. Um, It's at Anfield. There's not much else to say. You think Liverpool at least by four, the way they're playing right now. They're getting goals from everybody right now, not just including their front three. Uh, you even got guys off the bench coming on and scoring goals with Minamino and Curtis Jones. Yep. So Liverpool heavy here, I would say. Yeah, this is a game that I feel confident uh, in Liverpool winning. They're going to be feeling great uh, coming off that win against Spurs. And I just feel like Liverpool are, are so much 
they're in an entirely different league than a team like West Brom. Mm -hmm. Big Sam is obviously managing them now, but uh, he's only going to be able to get those wins against against smaller clubs. I don't. Big Sam didn't come in so that he could knock off giants like uh, like Liverpool, right? No, he's he's there just to get you those close close games against the big teams, and then hoping to get those chances against the the equally leveled teams. Yeah, he's just there to save you from relegation, which is what he's done pretty much his entire career. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm gonna have to go with Liverpool here. I think it's a fairly straightforward game. I th- I think that you're gonna see uh, maybe Mane and Salah get more involved, whereas you've seen uh, Firmino kind of lead the pack recently uh, in scoring and assists. Uh, so it's a big game for me for uh, Salah and Mane, and we'll have to see how it pans out. But Liverpool take it. Mm-hmm. Yep, follow uh, the final game for this weekend we have wolves hosting tottenham tottenham sitting in sixth in the league they fell out of that their title race straight as of right now uh still in it but they fell out of the top four whereas wolves are in 11th they've kind of found a style of play without raul jimenez through potence and neto so a very interesting matchup uh with the style of play wolves do they like to keep possession of the ball and i think Mourinho will let them because the counterattack is the name of the game with Tottenham through Kane and Son. Uh, if one of them don't score in in the week, it's very concerning. So I would say Tottenham here. I don't know if it's by big. Depends on how many chances they get and convert. So I think Tottenham here in a close one. You there? I am here now. Yeah, you just. Oh. I haven't heard you for about five seconds. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's all good. I don't know if I have too many windows open or something. I don't know what's wrong. Maybe. I don't know. You're just like, you're only cutting out every couple minutes. Like every yeah. 10 minutes, you'll cut out for, you know, 10 seconds and yeah. then you're back. Why is Zion huh. shooting a three and not Lonzo Ball? This is so stupid. Uh, no one's, I'm not hitting on anything because Michigan State just sold me down the river. Jesus Christ. So, yeah, yeah. All my, well, summarizing what I said is uh, Tottenham in a close one. Yeah, I, th- I think this will be a close one for Tottenham as well. Um, th- defensively, they're—I feel like they're easily exploitable. I know that they don't—they don't concede all that much, mm-hmm. but I'm not—I'm not really sold on their on their defensive strategy. And uh, Jose hasn't been like parking it as much as he used to, mm-hmm. and maybe that's because he's really confident in the idea that that Kane and Son can kind of do whatever the fuck they want mm-hmm. whenever they want. Um, but, but I, I just, I'm not confident in, in Tottenham being able to stop Potence and um, the fuck's the other one's name. Neto, Pedro Neto. Neto. Yeah. The two uh, Portuguese guys. Uh, but that being said, um, I'm still confident in in their ability to score, right? Uh, Tottenham's ability to score. They have the two best scorers in the league, two best assisters in the league, uh, in Kane and Son. I think they they can each score twice in this game. Uh, and I don't think that Wolves have the wherewithal to bring themselves back from a deficit when Kane or Son inevitably score in the first 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to go with Tottenham here. Okay, that wraps up the preview. Um, other than that, what else? Did you want to touch on the NBA with what's going on today? What you're feeling betting-wise? 
Yeah, um, the NBA is back. Thank God. It's it's been nice to watch. I uh, had a rough night the other night because Simmons didn't hit his prop. Mm-hmm. But since then, it, it's it's been smooth sailing. It's been fun to watch. I'm glad the Sixers won opening night. Uh, Lakers look hungover. That's the other team that you know I keep my eye close on because I'm a I'm a LeBron guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, today's games um were the heat versus the pelicans uh that game is over the heat won by 13 wow the heat beat up on the uh on the pelicans which i knew they would uh unfortunately michigan state just lost so yeah alonzo was one three short for me yeah so no dice for us um, but it's nice to see that the uh, Heat are back to a win after losing their first game. Um, the game that just started, obviously, is the Warriors versus the Bucks. The Warriors did not look good on opening night versus the Nets. Uh, so they'll be looking to regain their winning form or at least start some some winning culture there uh, after after losing Clay. And you know now Steph is finally finally back and they have a some sort of core around them with Ubre and, and James Wiseman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the 5 o'clock game, which is uh, probably the game of the day for me, is the Nets versus the Celtics. The Nets looked amazing on opening night. Uh, uh, both Kyrie and Kevin Durant went absolutely insane. KD looks like somehow he's become an even better shooter than he was before, which I didn't think was possible for a 7-footer. But here we are. Um, and Kyrie obviously looks very sharp as well coming off a season where he was injured and then also coming off like whatever the fuck he's been talking about for the past six months. He thinks the earth is flat and he said that he's a pawn or whatever the fuck. Uh, I just try and not pay attention to what he says because he's definitely a moron. Mm -hmm. Uh, Great basketball player though. And then uh, tonight there's two games. The Lakers take on the Mavericks. The Lakers are a six and a half point favorite. Luca didn't look as good as he did in the playoffs uh, on opening night. And then LeBron looked very, very mortal. So that'll be an interesting one to watch. I'm wondering who will pick it up. Both teams are 0 and 1. And then uh, the last game of the night at 1030 is the Clippers versus the Nuggets. So that'll be an interesting one too. I think the Nuggets actually win. Uh, I'm not a Clippers believer. Not after the opener against the Lakers. No, the Lakers were just tired, man. Yeah, you think so? The they Clippers did their absolute shape. best to fucking sell that game. Did you watch? Did you watch them blow like thirty point lead? No. Yeah, I just think they're out of shape. I think they're hungover. I think they're tired. Uh, and uh, this was interesting to me when you watch the Sixers play. Uh, Doc said, you know, they were asking about Danny Green. They said, you know, he looks tired. And Doc said he is tired. Like they played a really late season. They've only had a little bit of time to recoup uh, their energy and, you know, their shape. And he said, you know, you watch the Lakers, they they had the same issue. So give Danny some time. And I'm thinking that'll be the same case with the Lakers. I think that was actually an interesting point that he made. Yeah, that all makes sense. Uh, I'm over one on the gate on the day. I think I'm going to take this Bucks game off to just eat and. My next yeah. thing I'm going to hop on is the NFL game on today. On today. We have the Vikings playing the Saints. Uh, I already, We already know you did your preview on the match with the – you're taking the Saints by seven. Um, you still have the same feeling? Anything change coming up to the start of the match? 
No, if, if the game was in Minnesota, I would have a different point of view. But this game is in Louisiana. It's in the Superdome. Uh, Breeze doesn't really lose in the Superdome. And the Vikings are just mediocre. Mm-hmm. Uh, they obviously have a great receiving core and probably the best running back in the league, in my opinion, in Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Kirk Cousins is extremely mediocre. And their defense has been letting up some points. They let up some points to Chicago last week. So they're playing a much better offense uh, this week with with Breeze back and Kamara. And I actually think MT's out. But, yeah, he um, is. Yeah, which is unfortunate for them, but... I think that that you're gonna see. Uh, I think that you're gonna see the Saints really kind of beat up on them, and I think that they could easily win by seven. If you want to tease it down to two and a half, be my guest. But I like the Saints still. Yeah, I could see Alvin Kamara scoring two touchdowns in this game at least. Yeah, I can too. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, other than that, I guess we don't have anything else to say. Yeah. Um, happy holidays to you guys. Hope you guys got everything you want for Christmas. Hung out with your family. Got to see your friends. Um, next we have New Year's. So hopefully 2020 or 2021 will treat us a lot better than 2020. I know the only way up, only way is up from here. So, uh, from, from us here at post 20, we wish you guys a happy, happy holidays and have to happy new year. We'll talk to you guys next week. See ya. Bye.